Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Tonight, you're going to want to come out to downtown Rochester, O'Connor's public house there, 6 o'clock. I'm going to be there for smart politics, which means you can come out, have a beer, have a conversation about the election, about education, about transit, about all the things we talk about here on the show, or... Just call up and uh, talk about or come out and talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, tonight will be about you, the listeners, uh, and what you want to discuss with me. Christy McDonald, uh, who helps uh, the Detroit Public Television show My Week, will also be there uh, answering questions. She and I work together on that show, and we'll do our best to, to entertain you and uh, give you some more information about what's coming up in just a few weeks. A little later in the show, uh, we're going to talk about the whole idea of calling a political candidate crazy. I think we've heard that term more this campaign than I can ever remember in reference to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is crazy. He's nuts. He's out of his mind. We say those things in sort of popular parlance, but they have clinical meanings. And uh, I think there's a real question about whether it's fair to attach those kind of clinical descriptions to political candidates. Also, is it fair that some some medical uh, professionals have tried to render opinions about Donald Trump and uh, what he thinks and sort of what's going on inside his head from afar without ever examining them. So uh, up first, millions of dollars have flowed to secretive accounts connected to Michigan lawmakers and political parties in recent years. That's what a new MLive investigative report found exactly 100 days after the state Senate approved massive tax breaks For data centers, the company pushing for the change gave tens of thousands of dollars to an account that pays state Senate Majority Leader Arlen Meekoff's expenses. And Meekoff is not alone. At least uh, uh, almost one in three of all state lawmakers are connected to similar accounts. It's illegal for a corporation to give directly to a candidate's campaign account in Michigan, but these donations were perfectly legal because there are different rules for nonprofit or administrative accounts. Of course, Michigan is notorious for gaps in its campaign finance law that allow this kind of thing. Is this an example of one of those gaps, and is it something that needs to be closed? Joining me now to talk about this story and this issue are Emily Lawler. She's a political reporter at MLive, and Craig Mauger, who is the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Emily and Craig Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah, good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, Emily, let's start with you. Uh, Talk about what you guys found in uh, your story, in the investigation. Yeah, so MLive partnered with the Michigan Campaign Finance Network, um, and basically Craig had come to us with a list of politically connected accounts, and our job was kind of to figure out how they were connected to specific politicians um, and be able to prove out those connections, and we found that a third of the legislature, so there's 144 lawmakers, and at least 50 of them are connected to these accounts. And and these accounts, uh, as I said in the open, uh, these are accounts accounts that are sort of exist in a in a dark space in the legislature. These are not the same thing as the campaign finance uh, accounts uh, and and committees that that politicians have that we see reports regularly. Uh, about who gives and how they spend. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think Craig can go into detail, but um, what we found was that uh, nonprofits never have to report their donors. They only have to report kind of some broad details about their expenditures through 990 forms if they uh, raise more than $50,000 in a year. And um, for, for 527 accounts, they do file some pretty detailed reports, but only if they raise more than $25,000 a year. And I would also say that um, it would be very, very hard for a citizen to see any of these expenditure reports, um, either in 990s or from the 527 groups, the administrative accounts. Um, it's just a very uh, burdensome process to try to find these. Yeah. Uh, and, and Craig Mogger, this seems like a, a backdooring of the kind of uh, trade-offs that, that I guess uh, we see Michigan legislators making with people who seek uh, to influence them on, on legislation. Uh, there, are lots of, there are lots of sort of upfront instances in, in uh, Michigan that suggest that. Uh, I've written recently about uh, the, the, the way that the DeVos family, for instance, has showered Republican lawmakers with, with campaign contributions uh, this, this, this cycle uh, and, and that the giving started after the vote on uh, Detroit schools legislation. This seems to be, again, in this different space where um, uh, where the public can't really see. Yeah, it's it's not just a back door. It's it's almost as if the entire backside of the house has been blown off the building. <laughs> um, I mean, if you uh, have a campaign account, you have to disclose your donors. If someone's giving directly to your campaign, your donors are disclosed. Your name is on the fund. It's supposed to be on the fund. There's contact information, how the public can reach out to the, the campaign fund and ask questions about what's going on with it. If reports aren't turned in, there's a potential penalty from the Secretary of State's office. With these funds, um, some of them don't file any public reporting at all. If they remain small enough, some of these funds, there is no public documentation of who is the person who set it up, who is on the board of directors for these funds, what's going on at all. And it's, it makes it nearly impossible to figure out all of the lawmakers that have these funds. You know, we documented through seven months of work, going through IRS records, going through all of the records that we could potentially, uh, we could obtain through various means, talking with more than 50 sources, we were able to uh, draw specific connections between these funds and 50 lawmakers. It's very possible that that number could be 50% of the legislature is doing this. I mean, there are some signs of that. And on top of that, um, the, the caucuses, the House Republican, um, the House Democrats, and the Senate Republicans are, have these loose connections to funds that can accept anonymous donations. And it's just uh, very troubling because if someone wants to give to the account of a lawmaker and they don't want the public to see it, it's very easy to do that. It, it's very easy to do that. And there are indications that people know this and, right. and that they're taking advantage of that actively. So, so let's talk about the example that I raised in the intro here. Um, is that an example of a quid pro quo between uh, the Senate Majority Leader and this company? I mean, I don't know if we can make that um, connection. And he did decline to answer um, questions I'm about that about transaction that. <laughs> in specific. Um, but, you know, I think it's certainly a lot of the things we found and we couldn't include all of them in the story, but just kind of looked like things that merited some investigation. 
Uh, Craig, when, when we talk about these things uh, and and the the reason that they are allowed to go on in Michigan, of course, that raises the larger context, uh, as I said, about the, these huge gaps that exist in campaign finance law here. Uh, talk about the difference, though, between what we see here in Michigan with regard to that and what we might see in in other states. Are other states in in better shape in terms of policing these kind of things than we are? Um, all the indications that we have are that a lot of other states do this better. I mean, it took us seven months to figure out all the ins and outs of what was going on here in Michigan. So it's kind of difficult to say what's going on in all of the other states. But we talked to at least one national expert who does who follows this stuff for a living day in and day out across the country. And he seemed, I would put it, somewhat surprised by what was going on in Michigan yeah. and didn't realize that some of this was even legal in Michigan. He didn't know that this could be done. Um, on the federal level, one very specific example. Members of Congress cannot have their official professional expenses reimbursed by outside entities. That's right. So they cannot have, I mean, you don't see a member of Congress who has a nonprofit and then is charging that nonprofit for things that he says he has to do as a member of Congress. You don't, you don't see that. Um, not, I mean, at the level of what's happening in Michigan, so many lawmakers are doing this. I mean, we charted, we charted how one lawmaker had $80,000 in reimbursements from one of these funds for his official expenses. But there's no way for the public to know what exactly is going on there, what are these expenses he's reimbursing himself for. Um, and, and you just wouldn't see that with a member of Congress. There are people in the legislature who are elected to Congress who shut down their nonprofit account as soon as they go to Congress. Because I mean, that's, you wouldn't that, be able to have it there. Right. Because right. they can't do it. Um, and one other strong ahead, indication, yeah. um, one thing that struck me is that we started by kind of looking through companies who voluntarily disclose their giving to these groups. Um, mm -hmm. In some states, there in 22 states, you can't give directly to a lawmaker as a corporation. Right. But in some states, you can. Um, so what we would see as we were going down these reports is in the states that the corporations could legally give to candidate committees in, they would be doing that. Um, but Michigan was pretty pretty singular yeah. in the number of nonprofits in 527s. You know, so you'd be looking and it'd be like Nebraska. Here's the name of four senators from Nebraska, and Michigan. Here's ten ten really ambiguous names like mm -hmm. Michigan Made Greater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, ambiguously named 527 in nonprofit groups, and I just didn't see the prevalence of that um, in corporate donations for other states. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, uh, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Emily Lawler, she's a political reporter at M Live, and Craig Mauger, who's the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. We are talking about an M Live investigative report that found uh, that millions of dollars have flowed to secretive accounts connected to Michigan lawmakers and political parties in recent years. Uh, if you've got a, some a question or a comment, want to join the conversation here, uh, talk about campaign finance laws here in the state of Michigan and, and why we permit these kind of uh, big gaps in our campaign finance laws, what you think we ought to be doing about it, uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or go to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today. Uh, we'll work your comments into the into the conversation. Um, uh, Craig, we've talked about this before, uh, but uh, talk about the climate in Lansing or, or the tolerance in the climate in Lansing for discussion about moving us 
to this mm-hmm. uh, different space. You know, maybe maybe uh, thinking about outlawing uh, these kinds of uh, committees that that politicians have that they can't have at the federal level. Uh, again, it, there, there's not a lot of talk about this in the legislature. Uh, at the same time, there is. Um, uh, there is uh, some talk in the, among the Secretary of State, uh, I think, who is a little more, I think, attuned to these kinds of problems. Yeah, I think off the top in response to that question, one of the things people need to keep in mind is that uh, lawmakers view themselves, uh, one of their top views of how they operate is that they're members of a team. If you're a House Democrat, you're a member of the House Democratic Caucus. That, that is a very important team for you to be a part of and to maintain good relationships with. So on an issue like this, uh, lawmakers from all four caucuses are participating in this. So for a lawmaker to step, uh, stand out and say, this is wrong, we need to fix it, they would be calling out members of their caucus, of their own, members that they yeah. see every day, of their own team. members, their own team members, people that they're friends with, that they go out to lunch with, people that they work with on a daily basis. So for them to stand out in public and say, this is wrong, we need to fix it, there's a potential huge risk for them there. And secondly, I would just point out, one of the ways that this nonprofit fundraising thing works is that there are a lot of political consultants who are making money off this. And uh, for them, for a lawmaker to step out and say, we need to fix this, a lot of the people advising them are not going to be happy about that. So, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that this continues to go on and the legislature has a totally different viewpoint of all of this than it seems like a lot of members of the public have. Yeah. And if I could add to that, um, you know, one thing to note is, yeah, Ruth Johnson is on record as wanting quarterly reports for politically connected Mm -hmm. nonprofits, but she declined to be interviewed for this story through a spokesperson. So I don't think this is something she's necessarily right out on front um, with. But secondly, um, you know, the legislature kind of moved to ban this type of uh, extraneous account once before. The legislature in the 80s and 90s were using um, something called office holder expense accounts. Yep. And, um, you know, those basically functioned in a very similar way uh, where they were taking in corporate contributions and spending them um, on lawmakers. You know, I talked to the lawmaker who pushed to eliminate them. Um, he pointed out they were being spent on things like mortgages, car payments, uh, basketball tickets, or we, uh, maybe not basketball, I'm bad at sports, football tickets. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, in any case, the legislature banned those accounts, and um, the guy who moved to ban them said that it was three or four years later, and these nonprofits started cropping up. Yeah. Okay, Emily Lawler, political reporter at MLive, Craig Mogger, executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk about whether it's fair to apply psychological terms to a political candidate like Donald Trump. How many times have you heard someone say, Donald Trump must be crazy or he must be nuts? Does that make sense for us to use that kind of clinical description of someone we've never met or examined? We'll talk about it next on Detroit Today.